Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. And welcome to a late night episode of You Love to See It. I'm joined with my two friends remotely, Eric Zhu. Yes. And Caleb Brunman. Good Eve, if you can it call is, it that. It, it, it is a good Eve, uh, a little bit earlier for you boys, but uh, it is it is very I'm late. I'm announcing us now that we're in different locations. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It won't work now. Um I have a question to start you guys off with before we uh, get into our two movies this week: The Dig and uh, The Mirror. Is it The Mirror or is it Mirror? I should know it's this. Mirror. It's oh, just it's Mirror. It's Mirror. All right. It's, it's Mirror. Okay. Well, this is a very you know this is a laid back question. You know, I'm just I'm interested in. I haven't talked to you guys in a while. You know, we before we were all you know close knit on a little island and now i'm you know a couple hundred miles away from you boys so i'm let's talk what what have you been watching recently what's what's something you've watched movie tv show tell tell me something that you've enjoyed watching recently whatever it may be and uh let's hear about it um i just watched this movie called (laughs) the mirror <laughs> uh, Jafar uh, Panahi's The Mirror. Oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> well, we just had a, a rewatch of the illustrious uh, pop star Never Stop. I saw Stop. that. I saw that. Was it as amazing the 80th time through? 80th. Um, I wish it were the 80th. <laughs> you know, I'm actually I I have a friend group that I'm, I'm thinking about showing that movie to, but I just don't know if they're going to be on the same vibe. I don't know if then maybe they shouldn't be your yeah. friend group. <laughs> yeah. Well, I already have a friend group. I'm just, you know, a couple hundred miles away from them right now. Uh, not talking about you guys, of course, um, a, a different one. Um, okay. So what, what else? What, anything interesting you've watched? You want to just give a shout out for on the podcast, maybe uh, recommendations for our listeners or for even one of us. Um, I, I would. I, I will. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> of course. No, you. Okay, no. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll just go. Um, I'll uh, go. I'll go. I'm not. I was. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> he was not oh, actually wait. going. Um, I w- did some virtual Sundance screenings this week. Mm, and that's awesome. My two favorite movies that I think will be coming out. I think are both actually getting distributed by Neon. The first one is um, called Flea, which is an animated documentary in the vein of like a like Tower from 2016. Um, And it's about um, an Afghan refugee and his journey from Afghanistan to Finland. And it's told in animated documentary form with a lot of I think it looks like I don't know if it looks exactly like rotoscoping, but rotoscope esque ways of like not revealing faces and everything but i'm i'm doing i'm not doing it justice but it's very heartfelt very beautifully done and i was very moved um the second one is uh ben wheatley director of kill list high rise or unfortunately last year's rebecca um and it's his new movie which he made during covid it's called mm. in the earth and it stars um, among among its stars is the girl from Midsommar, the um, the Indian girl who is like one of the side characters, like who like another one of the people in the community like brought into the weird sadistic festival they're doing. She's one of the leads, and it's like an eco like sort of annihilation psychedelic kaleidoscopic like horror movie about um, there's this disease or something not specifically covid but they mentioned like a third wave and um these people are going into the woods to go to like a research base where they unfortunately get they meet up with these characters who are 
obsessed with the environment and are trying to use various sensory ways to interact with trees and the woods and it devolves into absolute madness um so those are going to be my wrecks what about wow. john and the hole we don't talk about john or his <laughs> hole <laughs> well i have been seeing uh do you have any rating you, you, do you want to share your ratings for those movies or um or? i give them both four stars okay oh four both of them okay interesting um those were the only two films you watched at sundance or the no i watched a, i watched a lot of them yeah, I was wondering. Um, I, I haven't talked only, to you about this yet. The only other one I'm really going to mention, I feel like people, Coda has gotten a lot of attention, but the one I'm going to talk about yeah. is this movie called We're All Going to the World's Fair, which is like a micro-budget um, horror movie about a, a girl named Casey who uh, participates in sort of like internet, like creepypasta, like trends. Um and I don't, I don't want to spoil too much of it because it's, re- but it's really scary and it's really sad and it taps into aspects of internet culture that are better than almost any other movie I can think of. It's incredible. Was that was that Coda? Wait, what would you, was that Coda or did you say that's no, a different one? No, uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. Oh, okay, yeah. Coda is the um, Coda is children ch- about child, the deaf. Is it child or children of deaf adults. Yeah, that's a movie okay. that. Yeah, that's a really that's a pretty good movie. The other, yeah, the um, only other movie I've been, oh, sorry, go ahead, um, about Coda. Coda, like, is literally every single, like, indie movie trope you can think of, but it, like, it just works. <laughs> it just works. Hmm. And it has some great, great deaf actor performances, like, incredibly good deaf, deaf actor performances, to the point where you wonder why we ever even thought, like, speaking, like, hearing actors could even, like, do deaf roles as well as deaf actors like this is stupid um interesting i was i was curious the only the only uh, movie that i've uh, i've been you know seeing reviews all over letterbox the only uh movie that i i, I read some uh, a handful of reviews on was one that caught my eye just because i didn't know what the heck it was and that was pleasure and uh i'm i don't know if it'll be a film we end up watching i have no idea uh, I, okay here's the thing um, with pleasure Pleasure was supposed to be part of my day pass, but Pleasure had such limited tickets that literally, like, mm. I never even got. So a you would you would have seen it if you had. The I chance. would have seen it. Yeah. I've heard good things about it. It was, I uh, you know, I've heard it. I've heard it's it like a, good. I mean, it's I'm about intrigued. like the like adult film scene in LA, and it was originally chosen for Cam. Yeah, and uh, apparently it's pretty good. Maybe it'll be on our list. I don't know when it comes out or anything like that, but who knows? I'm sure it'll be there in the future. Um, I guess I'll just say I, I've uh, I've only watched a few things. Um, one I'm going to mention isn't even a movie because I've suddenly gotten back into the TV scene after so long. But I just watched a, a pretty well-known Korean film, The Good, The Bad, The Weird, uh, for class. But it was actually a, a great watch. In some ways, I actually liked it better than uh, <laughs> the uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. But I won't I won't tell uh, Oliver that our friend. Um, and then a older movie. Uh, it happened one night, which I think Caleb would love if he hasn't seen it. I don't think he has. Like Capra. Um, all I have to say is, Caleb, this might be a four and a half star movie for you. That's all I have to say. I don't think Caleb's given a movie four and a half stars since Children of Men. That's what I'm saying. Wait, wait. Caleb likes Children of Men? Yeah. I thought he hated it. Wasn't it him that hated it? No. No, is that, is that Socket or Oliver? No, Sam. Sam hates Children of Men. Right? You know, Caleb loves Children of Men. Someone I know. Someone, one of our friends hates Children of Men. I don't know. The other, the only last thing I'll recommend for uh, people who are trying to uh, get a little bit away from the movie scene, because it can be a, a lot, is I just started a brand new TV series. Uh, it's on Netflix. It is called Bridgerton. And uh, it is uh, amazing. I've been glued to it. So uh, I, I recommend that. Uh, Caleb, was that, was that, do you have any more recommendations or... Just pop star, pop star, and what more do you need? The dig, <laughs> the dig. Well, I I recommend the dig. We'll be talking about the dig. All right. Well, why don't we get I right into it, it for, um, for specific purposes? <laughs> I don't know if Eric's going to be recommending the dig, but uh, that might be a spoiler alert. You want um, a, if you want an Anglo Saxon <laughs> If you want a if you want a dollar store Terrence Malick film, um, go watch the dig. Um, <laughs> that's mean. I don't mean it like that, but. 
you know, definitely some, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Eric, I'm going to throw you in the hot seat. Introduce Tarkovsky's mirror for us. Oh, um, Tarkovsky's mirror. It is his fifth film um, made after Solaris and before, um, I think it's before Stalker. It might be his fourth film. Um, and yeah, it's a widely revered canonized classic and it's getting a new restoration uh, in, Ooh. I think in uh, preparation for a new Blu-ray release, but um, be yeah, that. it's Tarkovsky's, ooh, we'll see. Um, it's Tarkovsky's most personal movie. And I think also one of his shortest, it clocks in 107 minutes and it essentially tells the portrait of a man's life through multiple generations in like a cascade and a cascading series of flash forwards and flashbacks. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's incredibly abstract and like most Tarkovsky movies, it's very lyrically made. It's very lushly composed, has a lot of texture in its imagery and has a lot of really philosophical dialogue. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, this is, I mean, this personally for me was my second time seeing it. And I definitely enjoyed it more, but I'm, def I'm curious how you two thought. Yeah. Um, oh, Caleb, do you want to go? No, I'm, I was also curious of how you thought. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll um, you know, so. We watched Stalker together, uh, I think like two years ago at this point. It's been a long time uh, back when like COVID and wasn't a thing. Yeah, before COVID existed, uh, you know, when we were actually living on the campus. Uh, I remember watching Stalker with you guys and it instantly became one of my top three science fiction movies of all time. One of my favorite films. And it was just, you know, we, we, I, I did we, we didn't do a podcast episode on it, did we? No. We just must have mentioned, we might have mentioned it on a podcast at some point but yeah amazing film so i was expecting very stalker like vibes in terms of what i know about tarkovsky in terms of how he makes his film um and that being it's going to be more abstract it's going to be slower pace it's going to be blah 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 but i was wrong in some of that um it definitely moved quick yet slow in some regard like it's you know 107 minutes you know is is nothing compared to stalkers what 180 it's a, I don't want to say 169 or 160. Yeah, yeah. But yet this film has its times where it feels very quick and very messy, but then also very slow. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I can very much see the Tarkovsky in it. You know, I, I don't think I liked it as much as Stalker and I'm going to get into why later. Um, but I, yeah, it was, I'll be honest. The first time I tried watching this film was earlier in the week and I fell asleep. So I had to rewatch it, um, which, you know, I guess that's a great compliment to Kar Tarkovsky. You know, if you're not getting like mesmerized and drifting off a little bit, I don't know if you're really watching a Tarkovsky. Quote Kiristami, the great Abbas Kiristami, it's totally okay to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was, yeah, it was something. Uh, yeah, that's what I'll say for now. Caleb, what do you, was this your first time watching Mirror? It was. And I too found myself drifting off a little bit at some points. Uh, I don't know if I would uh, compliment Tarkovsky for that. Or, I don't know if I'm so so charitable with my interpretation of my drowsiness. <laughs> um, but, you know, here's the thing. This is, this is a hard movie to, uh, to permeate. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to really... It's a movie that almost begs not to be discussed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think it really is uh, more about the feelings than, than, than the narrative, than the plot, the story. Do you think that's? Characters. Do you think that's true of all, if not? I don't, I haven't seen a lot of Tarkovsky. That's why I'm asking. I have seen. E I've seen every single one of them. Is that a, is that a, I mean, because Stalker was similar. Is that a commonality among his films that it's much more? Yeah, I, I think I think Stalker had more of a like, narrative, but and like 
they're about the ineffable. They, they like exist, just they try to exist in just like a completely like poetic space. Um, obviously, something like Stalker, honestly, Stalker, not really. Something like Solaris mm-hmm. or a biopic like Andre Rublev has more plot to it, but generally they exist. It's it's the type of movie where the it, the meaning isn't in something tangible. It's in the imagery and it's in the. I guess there's a lot of like philosophical thought too, but it's oh, it's in the very like filmic, like pure filmic elements. Yeah, I mean, I know. Um, I want to get back to Caleb because I know I kind of cut him off there. I didn't I apologize, Caleb. I, I do know people are very very i don't know what the word you want to call it is um in love with tarkovsky it's i mean fan. there are people who and behavior there are people who say that he is you know will be forever the greatest filmmaker of all time i haven't seen enough nor have i the knowledge enough to agree or disagree with that um but people are very very i don't know i feel like people really love and behavior this is Tarkovsky's fan arranger. Um, so, Caleb, what, what else did you think about the film? And maybe how did you compare it to... I don't know how many Tarkovsky films you've seen. Maybe yeah, just Stalker? I, I in Stalker. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with Eric that Stalker, you know, also is, you know... I think this is a faster-paced movie than Stalker. Agreed. Sure. Um, yeah, it's... It, both this and Stalker are about more than what is... You know, capture more than what is just shown um but i think uh, stalker was a little more cerebral uh 100 and was easier for me to connect with at least um i think it's a common thing in the film criticism world to say oh you know i didn't really like connect with this movie but like i really respect it and I feel like that's usually a way for uh, people to be nice to something that they didn't really <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's that's rarely a genuine sentiment. Uh, it's something that I think I definitely said a lot um, when I first started becoming more interested in film, uh, when what I really meant was I didn't like this. Um, but, <laughs> that's fair. And that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely, I, I can't, <laughs> especially me, I, I cannot fault people for, for doing that. Um, but I think this is probably one of those uh, genuine examples for me. And the first one I can really think of uh, experiencing in, in quite some time, perhaps ever to, to this extent, because um, I really loved looking at it. I really did. Um, and I don't think I can say that for even the most visually beautiful movies if I'm not compelled deeply by the story. I don't think I come out saying I really loved looking at that because that is not my dominating, my dominating thought. It's usually uh, about the problems I had with the story, but that actually was my dominating thought. Exiting this was just how, how beautiful it was to look at, even if... Uh, it just didn't resonate with me as a whole. So you're, so you're not, so you're not writing, you're not trying to say, uh, you're not trying to say that you didn't like this movie, but you respect it. You're saying that you're not sure if this movie was for you, but you still like parts of it. Is that right? Or like, are you, are you? It's yeah. I think a combination of of both, you know, I didn't love this movie, but uh, from a pure filmmaking perspective it was uh like (laughs) i it's it sounds paradoxical but i can come out of this movie which i didn't love and be like yeah like i can understand yeah like yeah yeah this guy is the greatest filmmaker of all time like i could like say that and just and not you know not connect with it yeah um it's yeah i i i I don't know i don't really know how that works and and maybe that's because Hard to explain, I mean, but um, yeah, it's probably it's... a rare feeling considering, you know, who who it is as a filmmaker and the fact that it is beautiful to look at. Like, I mean, I think I'm in a similar boat as you, Caleb. I don't know how much I resonated with the film. 
Um, I just didn't find myself fully entranced as I was in Stalker. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate it for in some aspects. Like I, I still, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with that too. Cause I'm like, I asked myself, I was like, would I watch this film again? Cause I'd watch Stalker again. I, you know, I don't know if I'd watch this film again, you know, maybe, but like, I it just, I don't know why. I, I don't know if there's a reason, but it just didn't resonate with me either overall. Um, yeah. I think the difference is this movie is, as abstract as it is more plotty than stalker but just the structure of like cascading vignettes Mm -hmm. like begs for a lot of dialogue and begs for a lot of um begs i don't know just begs for a lot of plot so it's like stalker can exist in a more purely atmospheric space whereas this one is atmospheric but it's also almost always giving you some sort of narrative information even though even though a lot of it doesn't necessarily congeal and a lot of it is really surreal. You know, that's a that good point, sense. Eric. And I actually, I, I, I had this question for you two, since, you know, obviously we've both seen Stalker, Eric, this is your second time seeing this film and you've seen many other Tarkovsky's. I felt like, and I don't know if I'm saying I do it different, but I felt like this movie, and you even said it, it was a little, you know, more plot in this one than Stalker, more, you know, more going on. But I almost felt like there was too much going on. Uh, I felt like there was sometimes a lot of words, <laughs> a lot of dialogue, a lot of, you know, that po- poetry, uh, a lot of, I don't know. I just feel like there wasn't as many calm, silent scenes I like to think as of it, Stalker. Uh, I like to think of it in sort of the vein of, I know, I know Tarkovsky probably hate this, but I like to think of it sort of in the vein of David Lynch's mantra, where like <laughs> Tarkovsky's not the only one who's <laughs> gonna hate this. He's he's well, rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> Lynch, I think, has a famous quote where he mentions that he likes dialogue not necessarily for content, but for rhythm. And mm-hmm. um that's why a lot of times David Lynch's movies have such weird like acting styles and the way his line deliveries work they're so weird because they're they're meant to be part of the atmosphere but then when something does happen that's important in the dialogue you you remember it that's why there's so many like easily remembered david lynch just like short pithy like statements and that's not necessarily what happens in mirror but i guess just the sense that i my enjoyment of watching mirror was fairly high simply because at a certain point I realized that this sounds so bad at a certain point I realized I was never going to understand all the subtitles on the screen so I just tune it out and listen to like the rhythm of the the rhythm of the voiceover and just Mm -hmm. having it be part of the whole and trying to get the meaning from that I don't think that's stupid like I don't think that's I I just think I don't know maybe I'm just not used to that or not you know i wasn't as focused in on doing that but i just definitely was a little bit like i was i was trying to keep up with this narrative that i was also not understanding but kind of understanding and i don't know i just maybe it's because i've only seen stalker that i associated most difficult work yeah and it does seem go ahead good like it's a movie that it's his most difficult to understand because his other movies all include, for as poetic as they are, they include a very easily digestible like linear plot. Whereas this one, not only is it going backwards and forwards through time, almost all of the actors are playing multiple characters. Yes, yes. So um, it's hard to, just from like a following it perspective, it's the most, like even though it's the most plotty, it's the most, it's almost the one that, it's the it's the most difficult just because it's, it's so hard to understand, which makes it try to exist in like a, a plane that's more that's more abstract than any of the other ones. So you mentioned that, and 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 I I felt the same way, but I'm not sure why that this film feel felt 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 more personal to, to Tarkovsky. Um, do you? It's autobi- you It's partially autobiographical. Okay, well then that I mean right there yeah. is. 100% part of the reason. Um, 
do you think that the way the film is is because it was so personal to him? You know, do do you think this is his most personal film? You know, you've seen most Tarkovsky films, so if not, yeah, all. I mean, this one, I mean, just just because of like how little distance there is between this and his life, and I think just the specific ways these memories and these like memories and flashbacks play out plays out in a really sort of authentic strange like personal way i think it's just by just by conceptually his most personal and there's like no getting around that obviously i have less to to draw from but i don't know i i don't think this felt to me distinctly more personal than stalker i feel like if i didn't know that this was uh semi autobiographical then i that I would, you know, feel like, oh yeah, like I totally am immersed in in what I can viscerally tell is is his life, uh, or a, a telling of his life. Um, but I think also personal can be defined in in a number of ways, and and stalker, sure. I think, it was more personal. I just felt everything was just kind of dripping with with emotion that I didn't necessarily feel here i think this was more just a a presentation of very specific events and that the emotion came from the specificity whereas um stalker i think the emotion came more from the story and the situation in which the characters are placed um caleb you need to watch solaris that's that's what i'm yeah I, honestly we should do that I'm, I'm i've heard a lot about it yeah but um yeah overall i think they felt uh they both felt very personal to me um and uh yeah that's that's yeah i guess the one thing i'll say before we kind of you know maybe wrap up a little bit about mirror um not that we don't want to discuss it. It's just, I think it is a it is very difficult to discuss a movie like Mirror because of its abstractness um, and because of the maybe even, I don't even know if all three of us have the same understanding of it. Um, but I will say that I felt like Stalker, you know, I don't want to talk about Stalker too much because we're not reviewing Stalker, but um, I do feel like Stalker allowed you to be more personal, the viewer to be more personally connected with it um but maybe maybe eric feels differently maybe caleb feels differently um i don't know which one you had a more personal connection with um i i just felt like the and there was a lot of philosophical topics addressed in in um in this i mean i feel like he touched base on like hundreds i mean life death uh aging uh i mean you could go on and on and on um, and then, you know, I, I don't know if that same number of philosophical, uh, ideas are addressed in something like stalker, but I do feel like there's a little bit more easier for someone to digest. And maybe it's because of what Eric said about the, uh, the narrative and such. Um, yeah, I think with mirror, I find something enticing about how removed it is, um, <laughs> It's a very like appealing movie to rewatch. Like if I had to choose to keep rewatching one, it would probably be this one just because there's something that I just feel like I haven't tapped into yet, yet I still enjoy the experience of watching it. Um, yeah. That's actually not true. It'd probably be Solaris, but this is this <laughs> one is up there. And I, I, I don't know, I find it, I find something very like, haunting about it especially the like and I, I noted this in my letterbox review but like i find the opening um the opening sequence of this movie that comes before the credits um th that um involves a woman a, a doctor cure a woman doctor curing um curing a boy of his stutter and it has it seemingly no relation to the rest of the movie but I don't know why yeah. I just keep going back to it. Um, and I don't know. I find something really haunting about it. Um, and, and I like, I like that sort of, you can't touch it. Like it just, it's just there and it's like seducing you. I, I like that about it. Even if I don't 
fully like even if even though it's not a movie that I like wholeheartedly love. Well, Eric, as uh, your past professor and my current uh, film professor has told me, good films do not allow themselves to be ana- analyzed. That's like I feel like that's like Tarkovsky's <laughs> like that's like Tarkovsky's like whole mantra like art yeah. isn't something that should be able to be easily defined or explained and that's something that's mm-hmm. very much so in this movie and maybe that's part of what makes it so personal because it's so clearly refusing yeah. to be explained yeah all right well let's give you know i'm sure we could spend a lot more time discussing the intricacies of this film but um let's let's give our final ratings and uh move on to something a little bit more recent, uh, 46 years more recent, I believe, 47. Um, so, chirp, chirp. <laughs> um, I guess I'll start and I'll just say, uh, overall, I did enjoy it. Um, it was very, like Eric said, abstract, very um, confusing in some ways for me. Um, that being said, I feel like I haven't said enough positive about the film. I do want to say that like, so far, I'm, you know, two Tarkovsky films in, and I've, I've enjoyed them both immensely. Um, they're not the type of film you should watch on a date night, probably, but instead a film you should really watch either on your own in a small group and really, like, let it devour you is the best word, I guess I can say. Um, but uh, overall, I, I thought it, 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 was, it was solid. I don't think it, it, it holds up to Stalker for me personally. Maybe in the future... I will uh, view it differently. So overall, mirror, uh, three stars. Um, it's a tough one to rate this movie. Uh, yes, before I get into that, I'll just mention one more thing, which was the camera movement mm-hmm. or the, the mobile camera. Um this might just be my my favorite example of uh, of camera moving in also cinema. the wind. Come on, mm-hmm. the wind and the, the wind. Oh my god! Feel Terrence Malick just like uh, that. Stuck. Seriously though, seriously though. That's that's the theme of the week. Uh, I think throughout, I I was sometimes just like questioning slash marveling at how they moved the camera like they did and, and it's just i think that's that is the number one element that makes this movie so visually beautiful um i can't give this like a, a real rating i don't know three stars but like not really because i could i i could walk out of this and say yeah i understand how people view this guy as as the greatest to ever do it so i i don't know it was uh the stars don't matter at the end of the day uh it was worth the watch um yeah um i won't say too much more because i feel like i've been hogging this one but um i i enjoyed this movie um and i said this in my review but like all Tarkovsky, I just like sitting back and just like watching the pretty pictures. Um, and I liked having this movie wash over me and um, three and a half stars. All right. Well, without a breath, we are going to move into our next uh, a film, which also, you know, in some way is related to Terrence Malick. You know, there, that's, that this should have been the, the name of the Terrence. episode. <laughs> this one um, I literally was watching and I was like, oh my god <laughs> like not this <laughs> really okay i'm interested because i there were some moments that i i felt similar but also felt very different um so it's I'll okay my dad had that <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> this film is uh simon stone's the dig uh very recently released on netflix um it is about a wealthy widow um, played by Carrie Mulligan, who is in, in another episode, back-to-back episodes, very, playing very different characters, I will say. Shout out to Carrie Mulligan. Sponsor us, Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan, sponsor us. Where is Carrie Mulligan rate on terms of your, like, right now actors, actresses? You know, like, where where is she? Is she up there? Is she, you know, you know above average? 
I'm, I'm curious before. What gotta, do you mean by like right now? Like, what is that? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, wh- how do you view her in? Well, like, I think she's a great actress. I, I mean, think she has she's a, a top. Like, gonna... a, do you think she's a top ten, top five actress today? Like, is uh, that a, is that a hard question? <laughs> I have no clue. Um, okay, maybe that's. But I do question. like her a lot. Um, I like her a lot in Wildlife. That's the one that sticks out to me. Yeah. Well. Carrie Mulligan plays the main widow in this film who owns this large land of property um, in England. Um, And as World War II is uh, beginning in the background, it doesn't really begin to the end of the film. um, She hires this excavator, excavator? Someone say the word. Excavator. Excavator. There we go. (laughs) Not an exorcist. Uh, an excavator (laughs) to uh, excavate the burial mound she she assumes on her estate. Um, The rest of the film pretty much follows as they dig up this discovery and there's all these references to the past, the present, and the future of Britain and life and there's love and divorce. Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there is death. There is Can't life. Without the other, you know. <laughs> there is all things. There are spaceships going into the cosmos. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, so the, the film really is centered around Carrie Mulligan's character, Edith Pretty, and Ralph. Is it fin- Rafe? It's Say Rafe Fines. It's Rafe Fines. Ray Ray Fines, yeah, Rafe Fines. Rafe Fines is that? Is he like I? He's British. Okay, well, I didn't know they pronounced Ralph like Rafe. <laughs> um, so I apologize, Rafe Fines. Right. Please still sponsor us. Um, he plays We're Basil Brown. Come for you now. Who is <laughs> he? Plays Basil Brown, the uh, main excavator. Actually, it's Basil Brown. <laughs> 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 um, who? is pretty much, you would think the main character until the second half of the film really throws him to the side for uh, to instead focus on some love stories. Uh, but uh, I digress uh, about that. Just like yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Um, there are, Eric, let, let's talk about the imagery in this film, the scenery, the shots, um, and in some ways the indirect or maybe direct reference to Terrence, Mal- Terrence Malick. Um, what do you think about this when you think about comparing it to a Terrence Malick film? I think about comparing it to a late Terrence Malick film, like a bad one. Um, <laughs> so you, you don't view this as an, being anywhere near a good Terrence Malick film. Is there, is there a reason why? I mean, I, I not, not I, like, Mainly, I guess mainly the imagery is connected to Terrence Malick, but I guess I when For I sure. think of the film, there's just nothing to it. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. Like everything about it feels yeah. So what I will say about that is, I my hypothesis why it has to do with probably the plot and like what it's based around. I still think you get a lot of emotion, especially at particular points in the film. But I also struggle with wonder, wondering whether or not you know how emotional a you know an archaeologist uncovering a burial ground yeah, shift is, is cool people are okay no i agree people no i agree hey, I, I, so cool. I i think this movie should be taglined make archaeology great again because it really did it made it really cool that's all i'm saying <laughs> like it, it, it that was a great part but when you are comparing this to a terrence malick film what is it missing you know, and I don't know. I don't know how much time um, it is to spend time like, comparing the two, but like, what what is it missing for you? Um, Terrence Malick movies are more abstract and they're more lyrical. This one just dies. I don't know. This one is just like a rock. It literally feels like you're watching like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like we watched, we all watched Days of Heaven together, and that movie is yes. filled with so much poetry. Like it's, it's cyclical. Beautiful. It's got it's beautiful voiceover. It's nostalgia. It's distant. Like this movie has none like none of that it's just like a ball of like a ball of oscar bait tropes bundled into some like wheat fields and like and some acting by ray fines and carrie mulligan like yeah, i i think uh yeah, 
think um, Malik has his visual style, of course, but that's not all that goes into a Malik movie. I think Eric described it well with the adjectives abstract and lyrical. So I think it was, it's just strange to see this Malik imitation visually connect to this bland, generic, slow, obvious screenplay. Uh, and I think those two styles do not coalesce at all. Like we saw other very Malik inspired movies. Like we saw Nomadland, like Nomadland is yes. indisputably inspired by Malik. And oh, and it's a beautiful feel, film. You can just feel that you can just feel the difference. I, I will agree with you, but I'm also going to kind of take, you know, one of us has always got to do this. I'm going to take a little bit of a different route. Um, I, I, I do, at the end of the day, I don't know how much the director was like, hey, let me make a Terrence Malick film. Um, but I still enjoyed this film because I did find myself somewhat drawn to a narrative that I didn't believe was bland it was slow at times and definitely full of, you know, some questionable moves, but combined with some of the beauty of some of the shots and such, I, I, I ended up liking this film. Um, one, I, 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 no one here is going to shit on archeology. span um, I, I will say that it's in, the movie in some way, I thought, I mean, maybe you disagree. I thought it was intriguing. Like I, I thought, you know, it was in, maybe, maybe it got a little old after a while when you're seeing them dig things for the 800th time, but there was a lot of reference throughout the film of this idea of, you know, the past, the present, the future, not only in age, not only dealing with life and death, you know, you we have die, to die we decay. decay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might have been an Oscar uh, Beatty line right there. I, I will agree that is the writing the most sophisticated in, uh, say, a Terrence Malick film? No. Do I still think there is this this idea that this trope that follows throughout the film? I do. I really do. I I, I really like this idea of the past of Britain. I love the background of the war that's beginning to start and the unknown future ahead where many more people will die. And the end of the movie, they're talking a lot of references about what will, how will we be remembered? You know, like what will, what would we leave behind if we died right here? You know, a little bit of a mug, uh, uh, this just jewelry piece, but at the end of our day, our bodies would just wash away. And then, you know, you have, you know, Mr. Brown, the, you know, excavator who's saying, no, you know, where we're left, we leave much more behind than that. And I really thought the ending scene with the son, uh, you know, treating his mom to the, you know, he's, he's talking, you know, the, you know, it's very, very apparent, you know, let's send the queen into space with the king, hint, hint, who died, hint, hint, you know, to join him in the cosmos, it's beautiful though. I like, I, I won't deny that. It, is it cliche? Maybe I, but I think there's some beautiful moments in this film that maybe are underrated because of the overall lack of, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. It, the movie struggles. And I feel like the struggles the movie has undermined some of the really nice moments. What, what, what do you have to say to that? I don't want to keep taking all the air. I have a lot to uh, say about the dig, honestly, but- All the stuff I, what, about like the past influencing the present and legacy and all that. It's like, it's it's fine. Like I, I'm not opposed to those thematics, but the movie is just so full of tropes and bad writing that it just comes off so forced. And what, there's no- What is an example no, of- of bad writing? Like what is something- Oh, I, I already see? mentioned it. Um, there's a <laughs> okay, book let's book. not- <laughs> talking to where um i think her name's peggy is talking yes peggy um someone uh what what's his name the cousin um he goes um rory the cousin rory and she like she goes like um i think she's talking about her dead father and she's like oh like my father died and rory goes oh drowned yeah i'm sorry like and then she goes oh it's okay he had epilepsy Oh yeah, I do know what I'm talking or, about. Or like it's full like we die and we decay. Like I laughed out loud. Like it's like this is a movie that's so 
I don't know, this, this is a movie that comes across as incredibly just like pretentious to me because it has all of these ideas and it's a movie that feels like it's trying to pose as a Terrence Malick or like a slow burn movie, but it, in reality, it doesn't want to be slow. It has all these characters saying these ideas, but it's filled with like tropes that we like writing tropes that sound sophisticated, but really don't make any sense, but also are also like sort of cliches. It sounds like the entire movie like feels a bit like a cliche to me. So there's no so, like genuine emotion there. And it just, it just let's, sinks. Let's get some more specifics here. Like I, what, I wish I could, because I, <laughs> this, this is um, a movie like I was watching and I was like, as like this movie like is so unmemorable to me that I'm watching it in one eye and it's just like leaving through the back of my head. You know, I didn't, I don't know why I did not feel the same way. Caleb, I want to hear you a little bit before I talk more about my, you know. Movie. I think you're going to regret saying that, Zach, um, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, this, I think the problem, a problem for me was how strictly and yet annoyingly this uh, movie adhered to the formula um, where yeah it's just you struggle to believe these ideas that are coming out of their mouths because it's you've you feel like you've seen it before so why you know why am I supposed to expect like the why am I supposed to feel like these are original ideas and these are real people when I've seen this exact storyline play out uh, a million times when and you know why why do I care when Peggy shows up and you know the movie starts focusing on this forced romance between her and Rory. Um, why do I care when this movie pulls off the ostensibly sophisticated uh, romance, not romance between uh, Edith and Basil? Uh, <laughs> the names in this movie are amazing. That's the that's the saving grace. When they like they don't then there's nothing to suggest that there should be any romance, but then you like the movie suggests by itself that they're like flirting and you know uh there should be a move to get together. It's it's like this horrible mix between uh a forced romance where there shouldn't be and also the the terrible trope of these people are getting together in a romantic way before you and it's super subtle and nuanced because they're not actually doing anything explicitly romantic but it's not subtle and nuanced it's just part of that formula to try and get you to think that when there's really nothing there and it really just feels very empty on the on, on another writing front um I think they don't do a service to archaeology at all. They don't make you care about the archaeology at all. I think the the climax of the archaeology uh, plot, you know, there the Basil the whole time thinks that the ship is Anglo-Saxon. Everybody else thinks it's it's Viking. And the climax when the music swells and and, and everything. And, everything gets super exciting the visuals flare up the, the whole the whole uh sound just shoots shoots up high is when the camera goes in on basil and then he just or sorry no it's, uh, it's on the it's on the other guy when he finally w mm -hmm, he finally admits it's Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> and I know they want the audience to get up and start pumping their fists <laughs> and clapping. And yeah, yes, it is. It's Anglo-Saxon. Let's go. And I, I didn't care at all. Let me, let me say this. Um, I definitely knew coming in that I would be the one defending this movie. <laughs> um, but that's not, that's not a bad thing. You know, I'm not, you know. I, I, I agree with some of those things. I am not a fan of the, it's not that I'm not a fan of it. I did not like how it became the main focal point of the second half of the film was Peggy and Rory's romance. Um, to me, it was unnecessary. Um, to me, it, it, it wasn't the worst thing, 
but I really would have liked it to continue with the emphasis being placed on Edith, uh, Edith, sorry, um, Edith, Basil, and uh, the son, Robert. Um, why? Because I really like that dynamic. And I actually disagree with you, Caleb. Um, I, 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 I think there are, yes, there's, there's a part of the movie that's like trying to hint towards you. Oh, maybe there's this hidden romance between Edith and, and um, Basil. But um, I don't get that. I don't get that. In fact, I actually got something different. I really, I really thought it was more of a love, but like more of a friendship more of a mutual, like passionate kind of, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it as, as the, the movie forcing a romance as much as it was two people developing a connection that may be, you know, especially for this time, very unnatural, especially when you consider the part with Robert in it. I really think that the relationship, to me, my favorite part of the entire film was the relationship that grew between Robert and Basil. Uh, I thought that that was very important to me, especially in terms of keeping this overall theme. Do I, do I think that this film is the greatest piece of writing to exist in 2021 or the 21st century? No, I don't think that. Do I also think that there are some very true aspects? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I think there's some really nice ideas in there. Yes, the dialogue at times really wants to spoon, spoon, spoon feed it to you, uh, spoon feed it. Uh, but I, I, I think some of the themes that go with the archeology, span that this discovering this, this past, this, these people who were forgotten and where they are at this point with going into World War II and, you know, with Edith about to die, spoiler alert, and all these things happening and Robert growing up and trying to realize, you know, as, as, a, as a small kid that he is now going to be most likely alone slash have to be his own person. I, I really liked the overlap of all these small things. And I really liked the, 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 the love that became, of all different types, not just uh, paternal, but friendship. And then yes, my probably least enjoyable aspect, which was the outright romance between Peggy and Rory. Um, yeah, I, any, any, anything to say to that? Anything to say to that? Like we talked about like Tarkovsky being difficult, but like want to talk about difficult pieces of art. Like let's talk about the dig. Um, what? No, you can't. Okay, but you just you can't claim it is too like too simple and too dumbed down. But then also came claim is too like, no, I hear. difficult to sit through. Yeah, difficult to sit through. Let, I you know you talk about being half sleep during mirror. I was half sleep this year. Actually, okay, here's the thing. Like we talked about being like part of the formula, but it's like a this is a, like a wonky narrative. Like it's full of these tropes, but to me, like, to me, it's like like at a certain point, I was like, what happened to the dig? Like what what's what's happening with the dig right now? In the middle of the movie, there's like it really feels like it's like all these tropes in the formula that get splattered over like. Like over like an inconsistently structured and characterized movie that's like important different things and like weird weird relations like when we got to the romance and everything I was like yeah take like take me back to the bones like let's go let's go scream some Anglo Saxon yeah, no, I, I, Eric I agree with you and get out the shovels <laughs> like, this is like what's going on <laughs> I agree with you this is what I have to say though I I firmly believe that the first half of the film before kind of the people first get there or even a little bit into that, um, especially when Peggy arrives. No offense to Peggy's character. I have no offense to her. What I'm trying to say though is I really thought the first half of the film was so much better because there was this emphasis on this relationship and the characters of Edith and B Basil. And then there was this relationship for both of them to the dig and how personal it was in some aspects. And then there was the connection between, the, there were much more intimate personal connections to everything. And then I think the movie got convoluted. I think it, it tried to do too much and things that weren't necessary. Like, I understand, like, I, I don't even think Rory's character was bad, but I think this romance was unnecessary. I, I, I think, you know, keep the backdrop of the war and, you know, ending the film with it getting close and it happening is great, but you're, you're a hundred percent correct. 
but I feel like the first film, the first half of the film does the film justice, but the second half drops it. It drops the archaeology besides the discovery of the treasure, which it basically then at the very end spends five seconds being like, yeah, I'm going to donate it. That's it. And then the unnecessary romance. But I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's why this movie is not, I don't, you might be surprised with what I give it based on what, how I'm talking about it, but I, I think the first half of the film does it a lot more justice. I can pinpoint the exact movie, the moment this movie lost me. Yeah. Uh, it was. I it might be 20, similar moment. Like twenty minutes in. Okay, when, not the same. Like when she's walking through the ruins and he goes like, "Watch out! Like it could fall on you." And she's like, "Okay." And then she leaves. And then he goes in. And he's like, "Yeah, like." He's like, yeah, like, look at this. And then like, and then there's a jump scare. There's a jump scare moment where like, it looks like a little bit of wood. It falls on Ray Fiennes. Like the way it's shot is so weird. It frames it so that it's just like, it doesn't look like that much that like soil has fallen on him. And it's like meant to be surprising and like shocking, but it's like, and then everyone suddenly goes and that's like, it feels like an action set piece where everyone's trying to like dig him out and it just doesn't really get referenced and it comes out of nowhere. And that was the point where I was like, no <laughs> like I, I, swear, I also that was like i think that was the first moment in the movie where i laughed and i i actually liked that moment i actually did like that moment oh i i just hated it and <laughs> well, um, we you know we're allowed to love and yeah, hate different things i that was the moment where i was like oh we're, we're in for it like like, like <laughs> we're gonna it's gonna be three hours later and this movie is still gonna be playing <laughs> caleb do you have any any thoughts Here's, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a metaphor to, to express okay. my feelings. Um, Ooh, poetic. Ooh, this is this is really Terrence Malick. So there's a part in the movie where Robert like, runs away from home. Yes, and, the bike ride. Yeah, he bikes. It seems like a long ways to to go. It's got to be a, le- a few miles at least. Miles. Yeah, it's actually ten miles, I think. Yeah, I mean, he bikes. Yeah, great ten miles. Ten great miles, biking. Right? He 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 knew how to bike. Dude, he, he he's he he's like biking. he's like Jonah, dude. He, he knows how to bike. And sorry, go ahead. He gets to Basil's house and he's offered a glass of milk. So I'm gonna compare this, or I'm gonna I'm gonna make this scene kind of like the whole movie. And this was my experience. I felt like okay watching this movie was like running a marathon now that's a lot of effort and that's a long long time so i felt like at the end of this movie i ran a marathon and what was my reward for enduring this pain i felt like i ran a marathon and then somebody said here's a glass of milk now run a marathon do you really want to drink a glass of milk that's what this movie felt like to me let me let me give a metaphor from my experience my experience <laughs> for this film it's not even a metaphor that is a metaphor my experience for this film was sitting back early morning drinking a cup of coffee i was relaxed blanket over me and i was entranced a little bit Sure, it started to lose me at some points. There was a little bit of the phone coming out. But I think that this film is supposed to, I won't say it does it successfully. I don't feel like this film's a marathon. I feel like it should be, and in some aspects was, a, a relaxing day at the park. All right? But... I understand for you, it felt like a marathon and I won't discredit that. Uh, Probably did for Eric as well. I felt myself more relaxed. In some ways, to be completely honest, I felt more relaxed watching this film than I did the Tarkovsky film. Why? Because I felt the Tarkovsky film was just so much shit being thrown in my face that I was like, oh my goodness. It was calm at times. I mean, I eventually fell asleep the first viewing, but (laughs) I, (laughs) with, (laughs) with, with, With this film, I I really appreciated the first 45 minutes. 
then I started to feel like I was having to do work and I never want to feel like I'm having to do work watching a, a film. That's what I will say. I, I, I don't think, I think this is some movie that we're going to disagree on the three of us. Well, maybe me from the two of you. Um, like, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. This film lacks a lot and a, it leaves a lot to be desired. It shouldn't give you a glass of milk at the end. It should give you three gallons of water and a foot massage. Like that's what it should give you, you know? That's what I was expecting, <laughs> but it doesn't give you that. So you're right. I, I will agree with you on that aspect. It definitely, it's, it is a little bit of a slap in the face in some ways. Like, well, you know, I, I got this glass of milk, but I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't view it as a, as a marathon as much. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is just a movie that like, it's a movie that doesn't feel slow naturally. It's a movie that's slow because it's trying to force itself to be slow to try to get an air of prestige, which is just like- You really you really think that, especially in the beginning? Like you don't think yes, it's- Yes, I like... genuinely think that. Like, like I just talked about this weird jump scare action sequence. Like this is a movie, especially like in the script, like, come on, there's romance. There's a, a woman dying of disease and her friend, they're digging up literally like earth shaking, like, I don't even know if it's earth shaking, but they're digging up like the who's who of like archaeology and and their British accents. Yeah, like, but it's just like so slow. Like it it just want it, it feels so intentional. Like it just feels like facetious facetiously slow. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, I do think it's it's getting there. So let's uh we've we've had a good debate. Uh actually my <laughs> I won't say your metaphor, yeah, okay. Ran the marathon, and then someone said, "Want a cup of Frank dishwater?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's true, Eric, you must have a lower rating because I'll tell you what: Frank dishwater is worse than having a glass of milk at the end of a oh, marathon. Oh yeah, are you speaking from personal experience? Uh, I'm not speaking. How do you think? You think my ass has ran any marathons recently? <laughs> that's all I'm going to say oh, so about it. Dishwater. <laughs> I, I've probably had a taste of that in the past. Honestly, at this point, if I had to drink Frank dishwater to get back to Frank, I'd do it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. One glass, it'll go down easy. All right, well, let's do it, boys. Final, final reviews. Um, I'll start again. Um, I enjoyed this film. Uh, I, I did find myself at sometimes very entranced in it, in, in its serenity, in its this this kind of really uh, unnatural film about archaeology and discovering what lies right beneath us from the past, and at the same time thinking about where we're going in the future, um, and with the background of you know what will be probably hopefully forever known as the worst war to ever happen. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting contrast and I think it provides, um, a little bit of calmness in the otherwise not calm world at the time, a uh, time to reflect and a time to look forward. Um, I enjoyed Carrie Mulligan's performance, um, a lot, um, especially when she was struggling in some of the scenes, uh, with her emotions and her condition. I thought she did a fanta uh, fantastic job, um, and overall, um, this is, I haven't seen, I don't know what other movies Simon Stone has directed. I, I know he's did the turning. I don't know if he, I think he co-directed that. I haven't seen any other film, but yeah, I enjoyed is that it. The horror movie? Um, I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what his, let's see. He has two other films. Oh, the oh it's not the one. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the, one. the new one with, girl with the black hair yeah yeah um and then the daughter was a three oh, is a three two on letterbox so uh for me overall i give the dig three stars my final review of the dig which i'm liking less and less as i'm talking about it um first i'll say i'll start this is this is going to be unique because i'm going to it's not offensively bad it's just bad. I'm going to start my review with my rating, 1.5, and proceed to forget about the dig. What's the dig? You lowered it. You just lowered it, you fiend. I, yeah, because I just said. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what the dig is. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, some would say that you didn't dig it. I, I, dig, I dug listening. it up, and, you know, it's, it's like you dig it up, and for you think it's Anglo-Saxon, but it turns out to be Viking. Oh, <laughs> 
Um, I'm sick of the formula. I'm sick of the faux, profound writing. Um, I'm sick of this uninspired copycat nonsense. Um, oh my god the real treasure they found was friendship I'm sick of that I hate friendship now because of this movie Um, fuck you Simon Stone you ruined friendship oh my god I watched watched Popstar like last week and my favorite was at an all time high and now I hate friendship (laughs) one and a half stars generous wow. my my um recommendation for anyone who wants a good movie about political turmoil and the past the present and the future cemetery of splendor much better movie amazing movie i would say well See, instead of like we we talk about the dig and you know that that's like this 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 horrible horrible movie but at the end we don't give you a glass of milk we give you a lovely movie recommendation that will be better exactly exactly Um, i would say cemetery of splendor is delicious beverage cemetery of splendor is in my top 15 movies of the past 10 years probably oh big all right well um we have a uh a big couple weeks coming up as we really start getting into it we're gonna have some some really big movies coming soon so that we don't have to review The Dig or uh, another Tarkovsky film uh, <laughs> as a in a literary. Um, but until <laughs> then, until we get there, uh, thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.